Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun in a very special month of shows. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm so happy to be here with you today. I missed you last week. We've got a great show in store. I hope you had a beautiful Easter celebration. I loved getting to celebrate with my church, and I love getting to continue digging into the reality that we have a God who is alive by learning more about how to talk with Him and listen to Him during our prayer series here on the pod this month. And as we continue our prayer series, just a reminder that you You'll hear from a couple of my mini BFFs about some of their thoughts on prayer during each episode. I think it is so sweet to hear from each of them. So here's one of my mini BFFs, and then we'll get to the rest of the show. Brother, are you ready? Yes. It's going to be very exciting. Okay, can I ask you a couple of questions about prayer? Yes. Okay, tell me, when do you pray? At night. At night. By yourself or with your mom and dad? With my mommy and daddy. What kind of things do you say when you're praying? Dear God. Yeah. So you're talking to God, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think God hears us every time we pray? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes? How do you know? I guess not. Yeah. You're right. He does. He hears us every time we pray. Do you say thank you when you pray to God? Do you ever thank him for things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What kind of things do you thank him for? Loving him. Oh, yeah. Does he love you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. God loves you a lot, Cohen. That is really, really true. Do you ever pray by yourself? Yes. Yeah, sometimes, but mostly with mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you ever pray before you go to school? Uh, no. No, just at night? Yes, but also at my school. Oh, when do you pray at school? At lunchtime. <gasps> Oh, who prays? Um, we all pray. Oh, that's cool. If you could tell everybody listening one thing about why they should pray to God. Why should people pray to God? So they get what they want. Oh, yeah. Is that what happens when we pray God hears us and sometimes he answers by giving us what we want? I think. I think so, too. I think so, too. And that's why we pray at night, too, to say thank you for all the things you've done today, huh? 
Yeah. You did it. That's it. You're mm -hmm. awesome. Good job, Cohen. Before we dive into today's conversation, I want to take a moment to share about one of our incredible partners, BetterHelp. We've talked about this before in regards to hair shedding, but there is so many additional ways that our bodies tell us that we're stressed. Headaches, digestive situations, not to mention sleep issues, Oreo, overindulgence issues maybe, phones hitting us in the face when we fall asleep because we're just a smidge gluttonous about the escape we find in social media. Um, that's just not me alone when I'm stressed, right? That's everybody? Okay. Well, stress shows up in all kinds of ways, and our society is constantly feeding all of us these messages to do more and hustle more. But your friend Annie F. Downs is here to remind you to slow down and take care of yourself and maybe try some therapy. I sometimes wonder where I'd be without my therapist, and I'm like, Downs, we do not have to waste time wondering about that. I'm really grateful for the benefits of counseling in my life, and I think you will be too. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. Give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. My friends here at That Sounds Fun get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash that sounds fun. Today on the show, I get to talk with my dear friend, Ann Voskamp. You know her, you love her. She was with us for the third episode of our 2016 Christmas party, and she's part of the Faithful Podcast on the That Sounds Fun Network. She's a writer who I deeply admire, not just for her lyrical beauty of her words, but for the hard-won battles she's allowed to craft her character. She's the advisor and the encourager and the teacher I think we all need sometimes. And her new book, Waymaker, finding the way to the life you've always dreamed of, y'all. <laughs> it is unbelievable. It's a hope story and a love story for all of us who feel like the ground shifts in disorienting ways far too often. Anne talks to God and hears from God, and I can't wait to share our conversation about this book and about life and what prayer means to us in the middle of some really rough moments. So here's my conversation with one of my dearest friends, Anne Voskamp. And welcome back to That Sounds Fun. I absolutely love you, Annie Downs. Can I be a neighbor? <laughs> yes, you are in my heart. I, <laughs> you always are. I don't know. I didn't even warn our producer, Johnny, about this. I don't know how I'm going to do this thing without just crying the whole way through, Anne. Mm -hmm. How many people have read your book and then just cried to you about it so far? Oh, my DMs have blown up with people who said, actually, I don't know really what's happening here, but as I read the book, the stories are are opening up my heart in a way I didn't yes. know my heart needed to be yes. opened up. And that the stories, there was a really kind woman who DM just to say that as she was reading Waymaker, she actually said, it feels like I'm getting a transfusion. It's opening, the stories on the pages are bleeding into my own heart and transfusing hope into me in a way I didn't even know I needed. Um, and one woman messaged me this morning. Well, actually, one woman messaged me this morning. One woman last night once said, I wish I had this book 30 years ago. It would have saved me from so many nights of crying myself to sleep alone. And another woman messaged this morning to say, this is a book I've been waiting 55 years for. Yes, Anne. 
I mean, you know, because the unfortunate thing for you is I have direct access to you. <laughs> so as, as I'm listening, I'm voice memoing you on Saturday that I am bawling, crying in chapter two while I'm making egg salad. And it is like, I mean, I, I started reading the book in my hand and I thought, no, I want Anne to read this to me. And so mm. I bought the audiobook, and you started, I mean, mm. Anne. I don't know the question here, except, I mean, I, I, I just have to thank you. I just have mm. to thank you because you did the same in me. The thing, you gave me words for something I was experiencing I didn't have mm. words for that I didn't know how to say to God, oh, this mm. is why I don't feel connected to you right now. Mm. And you gave that to me. Well, uh, well, Annie, um, ultimately, Waymaker is, we think we want a way to a place. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, we are made in the image of a triune God. We are made in the image of a relationship. We are made out of the intimacy mm-hmm. of a triune God. And the overflow of his love is, is us. Yeah. <laughs> so we think we want a place, but ultimately, we are looking for a connection, an attachment. Yes. We are looking for intimacy. That's the place we want is a place of intimacy. And... I wrote Waymaker, my heart was, um, psychology will tell you that as human beings, everything comes down to attachment. Everything yeah. comes down to how well we are attached. Do we have secure attachments? That is, um, the function of our health is based on the function of the health of our attachments. And um, Waymaker is about a book about how do you, when we have trust issues with God, when we run in all kinds of different ways to comfort ourselves and take care of ourselves, what does it look like to have a life that is deeply attached to Jesus is our secure, safe base, not cerebrally, but in actual reality. Yeah. That's what you describe so beautifully is in your relationship with Daryl and your relationship with the other kids and your relationship with Shiloh, you describe your transforming your connection and your attachment more deeply to Jesus. And because ultimately the health of our relationships with others, we can only be as healthy with others as we are with God himself. So how healthy is my attachment with God? So the stories that I'm telling about my marriage, the stories I'm telling about adoption, I'm telling those stories, but those stories are metaphors for how well we are attached to God himself. I mean, you said over and over in the book in beautiful ways, like marriage and adoption, marriage and adoption. They're the ones God uses over and over to tell us who we are. I mean, to me, when when we look at our lives, we want to be deeply, intimately connected. And we tell these marriage stories and these adoption stories, but we forget, like, we all have this op opportunity with God himself, every single one of us. And we, the metaphor we too often use, and it's not that it's not biblical, it is. But oftentimes our relationship with God, we use it in terms of a judicial metaphor that my sins have all been paid in this courtroom. Jesus paid it all before the judge. Wrath has been lifted because of the sacrifice of Jesus. That is all true. It's not that it's not true. But then when we walk out of the courtroom freed, we don't, we wonder why am I not living in deep intimacy and communion with God? Because we only have this, the primary metaphor has only been judicial as yes. opposed to 
filial, family, deep, intimate connection and attachment, which we see through scripture, which we see over and over again. He's using marriage metaphor and adoption metaphor because that's the kind of fulfilling union and communion he wants with us. Yeah, so that's one of the reasons I wanted you to welcome us back from Holy Week for you to be right yes. here in the middle of the mm-hmm. month about prayer is yes. I, what I experienced listening to your book and mm-hmm. what you, I mean, you walked me into two and a half days of really challenging mm-hmm. conversations with God because mm-hmm. I realized my prayer life was suffering because my connection had suffered. Did I diagnose my problem correctly? <laughs> well, and honestly, Annie, you diagnosed Waymaker. Waymaker talks about, I mean, it, it comes from um, a story that uh, James Clear speaks of in Atomic Habits. If you leave LAX on a plane and you just turn the nose of that plane a little bit of a degree at a time, you're not going to land in New York City. You're going to land in Washington, D.C. And I think lots of times in our relationship with God, that connection breaks and fractures in all kinds of different ways until we we find ourselves somewhere we never thought we would be. Waymaker is really about you're going to run into obstacles in your life where your heart gets broken, where life doesn't turn out the way you expected or dreamed it would be. And we just desperately want a way through. Yeah. And Jesus says, like, I am the way. So do you have a way of life, spiritual disciplines that keep you in intimate connection with the way himself? Because I am the way through. So what does our intimate connection in honest, vulnerable, real ways look like with Jesus so that we stay attached to the one who is the way through? And I think lots of times when we say, I don't see a way through. It's because somewhere along the line, our intimate connection with Jesus has fractured and become broken and we're headed in different directions. Will you talk about the connection between what happens to you spiritually happening to you physically? Because your physical body Uh suffered because of a spiritual and relational detachment. Ultimately, like that great New York Times bestselling book everywhere, it says, (laughs) our body keeps score. And I think um, we think we can keep forging forward and making a way forward, but Trauma and stress is embodied in our bodies. And as we brought home a little baby girl from China who she'd already had one open heart surgery in China, and we brought her home um, and went through another open heart surgery, the stress of those heart surgeries and us working on attachment to our little baby girl and bonding with her, um, I really started, Annie, um, Augustine says that, Augustine Luther Barth, I'll say, that the human, ultimately humans, we have what we call, what they called in Latin, in cortis inse, we turn in on ourselves. And I started to really turn in on myself yeah. to protect myself, to withdraw and self-preserve. I did not want to live into a posture of vulnerability um, with my heart wide open at all. I wanted to protect myself. What made you um, want to do that, Anne? What made that be the because I think we all do that on accident. Like I sat with my acupuncturist yesterday, Anne, and I said, I think maybe my body is responding to me closing my heart. That, that Annie, that. Right. So right what there. made you do that? Because I don't know that I meant to do it as aggressively as where I've gotten now. I'm in D.C. instead of Miami as far as my heart being <laughs> shut down. <laughs> so what made you want to turn that way? Yeah, so 
uh, as we were working towards a t- attachment after Shiloh came home to us, um, there was so much happening. And we there was a conversation one night after dinner. Daryl was reaching towards me. Mm-hmm. And I I think we, we come into our, our relationships with um, our trauma lens from our past, our family of origin. Yeah. I heard him differently than the way he expressed himself. He was saying, it's just all too much. It's all too much. And I heard you're too much. You are too much. And I did not respond um, in a posture of cruciformity at all. I was, I will now, so instead of living cruciform with my arms outstretched with my heart exposed and open, I start to put my hands in front of my chest and I will, you think I'm too much, then I'll just take myself and I will get really small and I will withdraw. I will be kind and nice and polite but I am not letting you in to hurt my heart in any way. Um, so, but over time, Annie, when you, you curve inward, take your arms and curve in to self-protect and self-preserve, and I won't live into vulnerability, cruciformity. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, cruciformity with your arms outstretched, that posture of the cross, it's the posture of vulnerability that leads you to the only the place that you desperately want to get to, which is intimacy. Yeah. So you, you have to live with arms outstretched to God and to people, to communion with Him and community with others. And I, I really, I didn't, Annie. All of life turns on the turn, and I didn't turn outward. I turned inward. And I ended up, Annie, in um, in our little country hospital's version of ICU with, um, well, I went in with a, with a fever. They thought I had an infection. They put me on IV antibiotics and gave me some blood transfusions because my hemoglobin and iron levels were so low. And by the next morning, they admitted me. And by the next morning, I couldn't breathe. My chest hurt. And I thought, I, I felt crazy. How did you come yeah. in with one thing? And like, there's all these cascading of it. And they're like, uh, so they sent me down for more scans. And no, actually, your lungs are two thirds, both lungs, two thirds full of fluid. You are in heart fill. Your heart can't actually pump strong enough to deal with the liquids that we are giving you. So that's why now you now have double pneumonia. And every breath felt like fire. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't sleep at night. It hurt all the hacking and coughing. And it was my come to Jesus moment where your life is kind of, you're up through the night hacking and coughing and gasping to breathe. And your life is sort of unfolding like a reel in front of you. And I realized like, I do not like the way my life is going. And I need, sometimes you think the the ways you moved your arms to protect yourself and to shield yourself, you don't realize that actually it's not a shield to protect yourself. You are imprisoning yourself in deep isolation and aloneness. And I ended up calling Daryl at four in the morning to say, I need you to come. Yes. I need to I need to move from incoratus inse, I'm turning inward and protecting myself, and I need to move towards cruciformity and open my heart up again in a posture of vulnerability and let you in, let God in, um, because our, our turning inward leads us wayward, yeah. and when we turn outward is only when we get to move forward, and not just forward, but we move toward God and toward people toward intimacy. So it's not just forward. It's are we moving toward intimate connection again? Yeah, because I think that's what, I mean, that was one of my big revelations reading Waymaker, or more rightly said, having you read Waymaker to me, (laughs) is 
I think when I was trying to turn inward from being hurt by people, I was yes. accidentally also yes. turning inward yes. from God. And I didn't know yes. I was doing both. I thought I was just protecting yes. myself and I was actually shutting myself off to all relationships. Annie, that abs that that statement right there reflects my own journey in ways mm. I didn't actually realize. But again, our health, if we if we don't have health with God, we ultimately don't have health with other people. If we don't have health with other people, where have we had our relationship with God has broken down somewhere. And I think I think sometimes in our moving forward in life requires profound intentionality. And we sometimes end up going through the motions mm. and don't realize that we are moving degree by degree by degree in ways that are very subtle, in ways we don't even realize. Yeah. We are moving off of the way. And do we have a way of life, a rhythm of life, spiritual disciplines day in and day out mm -hmm. that keep us in the way himself, that keep us intimately connected with him, a posture of stillness, a posture, posture of attentiveness, that every morning you wake up and you say three questions, who do I say that you are? Mm -hmm. that, that determines the trajectory of everything in my life. Is he really my Abba Father who really loves me? Is he really on the throne that, that I can trust? The, I don't have to control my life. I can take my hands off my life. God is in control. So who do I say that you are? The question he asked Hagar in Genesis, where are you coming from and where are you going to? Can I locate my own soul with intentionality and be vulnerable with God to say, actually, this is where I am. This is where I want to go to, but this is where I'm coming from. Do you have a rhythm of life where you are actually locating your own soul? If we say all of reality is ultimately relationship, yeah. then what I have to do every day is determine where is my soul in relation to God. Yeah. And then... Out of that, I will know where I am in relation to others. And then finally, that third question of attentiveness is, what do you want? It's a question Jesus asks in Matthew. We are allowed to ask that question. It matters enough to Jesus. So it matters that we go ahead and say, this is what I really want. And in doing that, not only do we lay that down before Jesus, we also get to see um, like Calvin says, our hearts can be, our hearts can be idol factories. Do I have an idol? The thing I want is really in alignment to what Jesus wants, and the way of Jesus will involve the Via Dolorosa. It will involve suffering. The way of Jesus is always through Gethsemane's to resurrection. But saying what I want leaves me in a posture of vulnerability with Jesus Himself. Yeah, yeah. So then, and I mean, even as you're saying, like. We we can do the practices, but if our heart isn't right, nice. right? So, yes. but then the other thing I say to my friends a lot, and I say to myself, is like when when you feel like you're slipping, when there's nothing else, keep doing the practices. Yes, like, yes. Hang on. So keep praying. So my goal yes. over the last few weeks, as I've felt so disconnected and struggled so yes. much in this, is I've got. Well, just keep doing the things. If you'll keep doing the right things, you will circle back around. Like feelings come and go. Blah blah blah. All the stuff we're supposed to preach to ourselves. And I do think it really mattered. I do think it mattered that I stayed in my disciplines even when yes. I felt wobbly. Yes. How do we know the difference though? Like in our prayer lives or in our fasting discipline or in our Bible study, how do we know the difference between 
just checking it off and it's actually taking mm-hmm. us further from the Lord and you are staying mm-hmm. in this discipline and therefore you are tying yourself closer to God. Though I will also I think, tell you that I have the thing I've said to the Lord all weekend has been like, it was never me that tied to you anyway. It's you that ties to me. I know that true. he does all of that. But, but also, how do we know the difference between the two and ourselves? Well, I think, um, I think when it gets pitch black, I think when it gets foggy and murky, we don't fly by sight. We fly by the lights on the dashboard. So what does it mean then to go ahead and say, okay, Right now, I don't know the way forward. I feel disconnected. But I know that I know that I know I will fly by the instruments. I will fly Mm. by these spiritual disciplines. I know that these instruments, these practices are what would allow me to practice my faith, a practice keeping the cadence of my days in rhythm with the cadence of your ways, Lord. Mm. So that's first. And number two We go through the motions when I'm opening up scripture, I'm reading off a chapter, I'm checking off a box, I'm praying a rope prayer. What we need when we read scripture, what we need when we open up our journal and we pick up a pen, I'm expecting an encounter with Jesus face to face. I I will face you today. So I come with an expectation of an encounter, not with a, not with a book, but with the the face of Jesus with the word himself who is love himself. I So I don't ever call it my quiet time. It is my sacred encounter oh, with God himself. Good. Sacred it encounter. Is a, it is a sacred encounter. Sacred meaning to be set apart. Mm-hmm. So he is, he's going to take me just like he took the Israelites. He's going to take me out of Egypt, out of bondage. He is going to divide my seas when I have an undivided heart, mm. when my heart is wholly set upon him, he, an undivided heart, he divides the seas and takes me where? Takes me to the promised land of his presence, takes me out of bondage, sets me apart in a sacred way to be bonded to him. So that sacred encounter that I have with him every day and that practice of stillness, the acronym sacred, stillness, attentiveness, cruciformity, revelation, examine, doxology. I loved that. That was so helpful to me that you, that. that for me, for me every day and oh, the pressures of the day, Annie, they, they, they rush in so early in the morning and I'm thinking, no, no, no. Mm. I know what it's like when I start just snacking on a verse here yeah. and Grabbing a prayer there, I am never doing that again. I ended up where I never thought I would be. I I am, I don't like where my trajectory leads when my face isn't turned to him wow. first thing in the morning. So I feel, I mean, even when I flew to if a couple of weeks ago, yeah. I made sure I, I packed my big study Bible and I took all yeah. my journals with me. And, and I, I'm not letting travel or anything else take me out of a way of life that keeps me in the way. Wow. So when I pick up a pen to journal, I need it, the practice starts with S of stillness because you need to slow down. I'm not going through the motions here. Yeah. I am stilling my soul in the presence of God himself. And that stillness is um, it's an act of trustfulness. I trust you enough, Lord, to slow down mm-hmm. and trust that I will still and you are doing the battle still. And then can I, when I journal out the answers to those questions, the attentiveness, the cruciformity, how am I going to live surrendered today? What do I have to give up today and entrust into your hands today, Lord? Do you work through every one of those questions every time, Anne? 
I really actually do because wow. I want to make I want to make sure because honestly, Annie, the, the cruciformity. I realize like my posture is not to live into cruciformity. I don't want to live the form and shape of the cross in any way. Every day I have to be really intentional about Lord, what do I where do I need to surrender to you? And I have to open up my heart to mm. you. So it's about the intention. It's like me, for me, it is therapy every single day as opposed to, to once a week right. or once a month. And the revelation, the R of sacred, we, we want a way forward. But do I have a fresh revelation from God, from his word today? I want to write that down today. E is for examine. What am I afraid of? Yeah. And D, doxology. What am I grateful for today? But I make sure, Annie, that I need... Slow down enough not to go through the motions with God, mm -hmm. but to actually be really vulnerable. Look at the Psalms. David pounds on God's chest. Yes. David tells God, like, these are my enemies. This is how my heart is broken. How long, oh Lord? Like, where are you? Are you asleep? Show up here. Like, be as be really real with God about if we really want a real relationship with him. Nobody has a relationship with somebody you're wearing a mask with and you're just being polite and sure. with like it really be honest with God. And I think um, doing those spiritual disciplines and realizing that detours and deconstructions of all kinds of things can be the way God leads us deeper into himself. People are so afraid of talking about deconstruction, though, Anne. Either, well, the option is you're either afraid of talking about deconstruction or you believe deconstruction is the only way forward. Neither of those feel healthy neither, to Neither of those are, dare I say, neither of those seem to be the way of Jesus yeah. at all. Yeah. I, really, I think Jesus' way is there are detours, there are going to be, there's going to be deconstructions. And when I say deconstructions, I'm talking about there are going to be refiner's fire that burn away the things that are not truth. They're going to burn away. When I say truth, and I mean Jesus' truth, scriptural yes. truth. Yes. There, are, there are detours and deconstructions, and God uses those so that we run into his arms so he can reconstruct our hearts when I say deconstructions, I'm talking about the same kind of deconstruction Jesus has in Gethsemane where he is poured out and literally pressed out yeah. with great drops of blood. That's what Gethsemane means. It is a pressing. If that's not a, a deconstruction, I don't know what is. Mm -hmm. There's a pressing out. So we're all going to have our own Gethsemanes that are going to press us. Do we choose, though, in that I say over and over again in Waymaker, all of life turns on the turn. Yes. So in the middle of our deconstruction processes in a broken world, in the middle of our Gethsemanes where we're being pressed in, do we choose to turn towards the Word Himself, towards Jesus Himself found in infallible truth of Scripture and say, "This you're pressing me in here, Lord. I need to be pressed into the narrow way so that this Gethsemane, this deconstruction takes me through to the cross of Calvary, takes me through to the empty tomb, takes me to, through to seeing you resurrected on the other side, that I have a clear vision of who you are, Lord. Mm. And I think it's not about, so in the middle of that Gethsemane, in the middle of that deconstruction, where are you going to turn? If you're turning in a way that doesn't turn you to the word himself, you're turned in the wrong direction. Mm. That is 100% true, and that's how we need to say it. If it does not turn you, Back to the word, it's the turn in the wrong direction. It is a turn in the... He says, 
I am the truth. Yeah. I am the way, I am the life. So if he is truth, and if I want to be my deconstruction, my pressing in my Gethsemane, if I want to find real truth, I'm not going to find it anywhere apart from the word. Yeah. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about one of our incredible partners, Brooklinen. Y'all know I love a good morning routine. There's a lot of great things you can incorporate reading and journaling, a nice cup of tea in your Chai Day Friday mug, a walk in your neighborhood. Personally, I like getting a head start on starting the day off right with an amazing night's rest on my Brooklinen bedding. Brooklinen, home of the internet's favorite sheets, got its start in 2014 to give customers luxury hotel-level home essentials that don't break the bank. They offer everything from snuggly sheets to cozy towels and robes, work robe alert, loungewear, accessories, and much more. By working directly with suppliers, Brooklinen cuts out the markups and passes those savings right on to their customers. So you get their incredible products at a reasonable cost. You can also take Brooklinen's signature softness outside of your house with their loungewear collection, featuring the actual softest tees and joggers I have ever put on my body and that I seriously consider not taking off, you guys. They've got tanks, sweatshirts, and other essential basics, too. And for a limited time, Brooklinen is offering a free gift with your purchase. If you miss out, you can use the promo code That Sounds Fun anytime for $20 off of your purchase of $100 or more at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code That Sounds Fun for $20 off your purchase today at Brooklinen, the curators of comfort. And I've got one more amazing partner to tell you about, Modern Fertility. We all know that there are certain things we're supposed to do on an annual basis. Some are more fun than others. Am I right, ladies? We're supposed to go to the OBGYN once a year for a checkup. Please do. But checking in with our fertility isn't usually a thing we think about until we're ready for kids. But what if there were things that would be helpful for you to know now before then? That's why Modern Fertility was created. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with the prepaid label and you'll get personalized results within 10 days. You'll get insights into your hormone levels, your egg supply, and other important fertility factors. And the results go deep into what every hormone means. And you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. I think that part is super important. Really cool. Traditional testing with your doctor can cost over $1,000. Oh, boy. But Modern Fertility gets you the same info at $159, which is literally mathematically a fraction of the price. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash that sounds fun, you can get $20 off your test. Also, if you have an HSA or an FSA, you can put those dollars toward Modern Fertility. If you want kids today or maybe one day in the future, having this info about your body can help you make decisions that are best for you. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash that sounds fun. That means your test will cost $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. So get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash that sounds fun. Modernfertility.com slash that sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Anne. Will you, will you talk a little bit, something that happens a lot in Waymaker that is awesome and sometimes breaks my heart is there were mm. all these little Shalom Shiloh signs. There were all mm. these little like 
you end up in Israel and the place you are going to is Shiloh, right? Like all these moments where it felt like God was confirming it. So you're sitting there and you're praying and you're asking God, is this daughter our daughter? And is this, is everything I'm seeing happening? And then there's all these signs. There are times in my life, Anne, where all those things, sorry, all those things end up looking, turning out exactly. And there are other times where I see eight of those and it doesn't go the way I thought. And it deeply affects my prayer life. What do you do when you're praying for something? And there are all those really important signs. I think God works like that, Anne. Like in my life, there have been times where I knew where to go because of the next sign. And there are other times where I see all the signs and it doesn't go where I thought it was going to go. I, my, the follow-up question I want to say is, how do I trust a God who does both of those things? And I think, I think ultimately, Annie, that at the end, how do I trust you? Like we struggle with attachment with people we don't trust. Wow. You burn me a couple of times and I don't want to be attached to you at all. I, I don't trust you. And I definitely don't trust you with my heart. Cause like you could just like crush it here. Yes. And I just, I resonate deeply as I finished Waymaker. Um, my dad was killed in the same way that my sister was killed. And I will tell you, Annie, dare I say this out loud, but it felt like a cosmic joke to go ahead and edit a book called Waymaker, finding the life, finding the way to the life you already always dreamed of when I was in grief and traumatized in a way I just like okay God why do you write a story like this like my sister is killed the exact same way as my father in the exact same place crushed under the wheels of a vehicle like I just I just I did not so I really struggled with like can I trust you like does any of this hold at all and I get to the place where I'm back to I'm back to Job I'm back to do I know how to make Venus turn in the sky. Do I know how to make the stars dance across in their constellations? If I don't know these things, this is a world of ways that this story, the way of this story is connected to the way of that story, which is connected to the way of this story. I don't know why the story has to be this way. Why did you take me this far along the story? And now it takes this turn that I didn't expect in any way at all. And to my understanding this looks like the wrong way entirely yes now i see that the the, the story went this way clearly that is a better way yes but i don't understand the way this story is connected to that story the way connected to this story to connect and the only one that can understand and orchestrate and navigate a world of ways and all the ways of all the stories is the way himself and i have to sit in a place where if I needed answers from him, from God, I would be making myself into a kind of God. Yeah. So I have to trust that his ways, sometimes it feels like, oh, why did you leave me this far along the way? Why didn't you make me turn a lot sooner yes. than here? I, I mean, like, how why? many times have I said that in prayer and of being like, hey, I'd have listened if you'd have told me I wanted to do what you wanted me to do. Why, why take me this far along yeah, the way? Yeah. Um, and I have to trust. I guess I needed all of this, that part of the journey. 
to restory me in ways I don't understand. He's the word. He is restoring me and restoring me in ways I don't understand. And if I had a God small enough to understand his ways, would he be a God worthy of me following yeah. <laughs> if I could make him that small, Annie? Yeah. But I don't think I'm, I think he's big enough for us to pound on his chest and say, why? And he doesn't give us answers. He gives us an experience. His arms are warm and explanations can be cold. Yeah. And I'm going to trust him. And it's, you know, like any, there's grief is so deep and suffering is so real. And it's not that we compare one person suffering to another person suffering, but everybody is, if your theology can't hold in Ukraine, if your theology can't hold in the midst of famine and starvation, if your if your theology can't hold besides graves, then it doesn't hold. So I don't necessarily, we don't know the why and the way, but I do know that our stories matter to the point, the suffering matters to the point that Jesus himself enters into it yes. with us and yes. bears it with us. So it must have deep significance or he wouldn't allow it to be. Yeah, yeah. I was interested that there's not much about your dad in the book. So, and I, cause I didn't line up the timing, but it's because he passed when it was being edited. It was being edited. So the next book is that story. Really? I, Are you already working on it? Well, you yeah, have to, cause that's how you grieve. Sorry. Yes. I mean, and honestly, the way I process anything is yes. to write it. I really want to press into how, how do you deal with deep trauma? How do you right. process deep trauma? How do you process the trauma of everyday life, right. Annie? And I think that's, I think, can I believe that in the midst of trauma and grief, he actually wants me to grow? Wow. And I'm, that is really where I want to, to press into um, the trauma of something being, we were speaking of things being deconstructed. The outside of that seed is deconstructed, is pressed in. It is pressed like a Gethsemane pressing. But out of that, what happens is growth and um, new life and a harvest is yielded out of that. So what does that process look like in our own hearts, Annie? Yeah. I think we're living it. We are living yeah. it every day. Yeah. We are living it every day in the, in the ways that we turn. Yeah. In our spiritual disciplines, our way of life that keeps us in the way himself. And we are unpacking, what does it look like to follow a suffering savior? Yes. And to follow a suffering savior, why would I think my road wouldn't lead through right. suffering? He has, right. no other, he has no other way. It is fascinating but, how, especially probably first world Americans who are privileged in a lot of ways, whether it's your bank account or your skin color or your opportunities that yes. we assume are, no one would say that. And no one would say, I don't think I'm going to have any problems. It's the subtext. I mean, right about in Waymaker, we have expectational positioning systems. Yes, 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 yes I love deep, that. Of the GPS, we have an EPS. Yes. And the, the subtext of that EPS is I kind of expect my life to go this way. I yes. kind of expect a life that avoids a lot of suffering if I do X, Y, and Z. I kind of have this transactional relationship yes. with Jesus. I, I give you all of this. Like I expect you 
to give me back this. And yes. uh, I think understand, like I unpack it in Waymaker that everything comes down to my expectations, what I expected my life to look like. Yes. We all have those, whatever, it looks different for all of us, but we all have yes. expectations. But can I expect... Can I expect there will be a glass of cold water? Can I expect there will be mercy and grace on the horizon? Can I expect hope is always coming to meet me? Can I expect God is always going to show up just never in the way that I expected him? Yeah. And he's to expect, expect nothing really in life except chesed, which is used, what, 250 times in scripture, oh. the loving kindness of God. I so I can expect no matter the wilderness, no matter the grief, no matter the desert, no matter the questions, I can expect the loving kindness of God yes. to show up. I just had my, um, one of my spiritual practices is to get together with my spiritual director every yeah. <laughs> marked right on my calendar. How and often had, every month? Is that what you said? I, it, it has been as often after dad was killed. It was every week I got together oh, with her. And now yes. I'm at once a month I get yes. together with her. So we prayed last week and she said, you know, what do you believe that God is really speaking to you, Anne, as we sit in prayer? And I said, you know, has said will be my lens. The loving kindness of God will be my lens. I think we look at what's on the horizon and we see, we see bad things on the horizon. We see arrows on the horizon. We see overwhelm on the horizon. We see, or we see absence of all the things we want to see on the horizon, not yes. coming. Can I wear a lens of a said that whatever is on my horizon is the loving kindness of God. Has said is my lens for my life. And I have to be really intentional. The only way I can pick up that lens of a said and see the world through the, a lens of loving kindness is if I keep I open up that word every day and I turn towards real truth where he, the map, the map of his word yes. is the reality of the topography of life. Otherwise I get myself turned around and I expect, why, why isn't my life <laughs> going in the direction I want? Better open up the word so you under, you have a map that actually matches the kind of world we're in. Yes. This is my father's world. This is my father's world. This is a map that matches his world and has said the loving kindness of God has to be my lens, Annie. Otherwise, without that lens of the word, the world warps. Yes. And so when we are praying, when we are living our personal lives, yes. the, the traumas that are happening in our personal lives, but the global traumas, how do we pray for people in Ukraine and in Russia and, and where people are starving in places in Africa and India? And where's this line of it is our father's world? prayer changes things there are people that are suffering in ways i cannot fathom right now at all on the, on the at, planet. at at all cannot fathom at all this is our father's world i think we as our father's children as abba's children we need to see prayer not as the least that we can do prayer not as the only thing yes. that we can do yes. But prayer ultimately is the most important thing that we can do. If we look at the life of Jesus. There is no important work that Jesus ever did in the world that wasn't first steeped in prayer. Mm. So how do I think lots of times we say, well, where is God? Well, have we gone ahead and steeped ourselves in prayer? The only way forward up steep inclines is mm. to steep ourselves in prayer. So are we a people 
of true prayer and for us as a family, I don't know if there's been one practice that has revolutionized our lives more. Really? And we started the beginning of COVID. We started to get up every morning as a family, six o'clock and pray together as a family before we did anything. You showed else. it on stories a couple of times where everybody would be sitting oh. in a circle. It was beautiful. But you know what? And the vulnerability in that circle where we are like pounding on God's chest. We are, people are in my grown sons in tears, confessing their own sins before God, banging on God's chest about why is there, are you showing up in terrible places in the world? Where are you, Lord? And when we enter into prayer, that intimacy and communion with God, I believe it changes the world, but it ultimately changes our own hearts. It changes our own perspective and our own posture. So I think, um, am I, if the world, if my way forward looks deep, have I steeped myself in intimate communion with him, that I have a way of life that keeps me praying and not um, in ways that are deeply honest. Yes. We get to say, we get to say, there are bombs dropping on children in the Ukraine, Lord, where are you? Yes. And I believe he hears those prayers, and then he ultimately moves in us that we we become. When we care about these things enough to pray about them, we become the answers to those prayers in the world wow. too, Annie. We say, we say, Lord, where where are you? And he turns to us and says, is that saint someone says it? You are my hands and feet in the world. Where are you wow. in the world? So I think when we if we really care about things that we're going to take the time to pray, he starts to move in us that we become the answers to those prayers. Yeah, that I mean, that's when things get real wild in your life, right? Is when suddenly you're adopting a daughter from China because you were asking God where he was in the world. <laughs> yeah. Where are you in the world? Yes. Where are you with broken hearts? Are you then he asks, Are you going to step into a literal broken-hearted story? And if if your story, like 1,000 Gifts opens with my sister being killed and our whole lives blew up and yes. we weren't believers and I was terrified of death, are you willing to adopt a little girl who's palliative, whose heart is terminal and not be afraid of death? Yeah. So I think um, if we really believe, if we are true followers of Jesus himself, I wrote about it the other day on Instagram, we don't look for the ride out of the pain we look for ammunition to run into where the pain actually is that means every day getting up and making sure our little our little magazine of five stones are filled i have i spent time in prayer have i spent time in his work and do i have my spiritual discipline so i've located my soul in relation to jesus so i've filled my little magazine of my five for me it's six with sacred yes yes yes. so so i can go out and slay some goliaths but we can't actually down any Goliaths in the world. We don't have any ammunition against the dark and the evil in the world if we haven't first spent our time in the quiet dark of prayer at the beginning of the day and reoriented ourselves to the way himself. I love you telling people it's the beginning of the day because I am like, I have so much respect for people who do their sacred time in the evening. Fine, fine. But I can't. That doesn't no. start my day. That's I, I, my coworkers don't want me showing up here <laughs> if I haven't done my time in the morning. No, I, I think if you want the way forward, you need to reorient the trajectory right at the beginning of the day. Yeah. And for us as a family, that means before anyone goes, goes out to do any work, before we tackle anything in the day, 
We start with our, because ultimately as believers, our most important work in the world is not the work we do with our hands. It's the work we do with our bowed heads and our bent knees before Jesus himself. Nothing, nothing is going to happen in the world before we do that. Yes. Hey friends, just interrupted this conversation one last time to tell you about one of our incredible partners, Third Love. Okay. So you know how you feel when you slide on your Able jean jacket? It's comfortable. It goes with actually anything. It pulls any outfit together. Well, for Third Love, that's the go-to staple, and it is their 24-7 classic t-shirt bra. It's their number one bra, and for good reason, you guys. It offers unbeatable comfort, thanks to every single detail being intentional, down to the fit, style, function, and design. This bra is loved and worn by millions of women. Hand to heaven, I just checked. I have mine on right now, and it does not present the same old problems. It doesn't pinch or dig. You won't want to take it off the moment you walk in the door of your house, please. Of your house is what we mean. The 24-7 t-shirt bra is designed with ultimate comfort in mind. It has ultra-thin memory foam cups and luxe straps that never slip. And it's so smoothing that it looks invisible no matter what you wear. I mean, hand to heaven, it is my favorite bra. Third Love does comfort so you can do you. Their bras, underwear, activewear, and feel-good all-day wear are designed to make you feel like a million dollars. Third Love obsesses over each stitch so you never have to think about how something feels, looks, or wears. There are 100,000 five-star reviews. That's insane. 100,000 five-star reviews. Those don't lie. Great products are a great start, but then they got to go and give back and steal our hearts completely. Third Love settled down. Listen, they're the largest donor of undergarments in the U.S., partnering with organizations all over the place. Third Love has donated over $40 million worth of bras to help women in need. Isn't that awesome? Feeling is believing, so get the 24-7 comfort and support that you deserve. Upgrade your bra today and get 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com slash soundsfun. That's 20% off at thirdlove.com slash soundsfun. And I've got one more amazing partner to tell you about, Rothy's. You're probably already aware of this, but Earth Day is in April and it is coming up. And that means a lot of us are giving a little extra thought to how we treat the planet. Everybody wants to help out. I know you do. I do. But it can be hard to know where to start. Rothy's believes that even the biggest challenges can be tackled one step at a time. They make the most comfortable, stylish, and durable shoes and daily essentials all from recycled plastic, y'all. I think that is the coolest. Everything Rothy's makes is better for the planet. They've repurposed millions of water bottles into their signature thread that goes into all of their products. Plus, Rothy's shoes, bags, and other essentials are made with less wasted fabric. And they're designed to be durable and washable for a stylish fit that lasts and always looks great. But the clothes you wear every day shouldn't just look great. They should make you feel great. And that's exactly how you feel knowing your Rothy's helped keep ocean-bound plastic out of the water. Rothy's sources sustainable materials like single-use water bottles, algae-based foam, and ocean-bound plastic, and uses other sustainable practices to create better shoes with less waste. They're so comfortable from the second you put them on. And my Rothy's have been in regular rotation for well over a year now because they're, hello, machine washable. They still look and smell like they're brand new. When you're wearing Rothy's, your footprint feels lighter than ever. Get $20 off your first purchase today at rothys.com slash sounds fun. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash sounds fun. And now back to finish up this conversation with Anne. So for our friends who are listening that just like, need 
God to make a way in their life. First of all, they've got to read Waymaker because it is, it ruined me in the best ways. It changed everything. But what's the prayer for someone who needs him to be a Waymaker where it, where it feels like saying that word, singing that song feels not enough. Like, okay, I said, God, make a way where there is no way. But what does he do? So what's what's it really look like? I think what it really looks like, and I sing that song and I sing it with all kinds of zeal, but I'm always careful with that song. Are you a way maker to the thing that I want? Mm. Because that, that's, just, that's not the way maker I follow. Right. He doesn't go ahead and go away to things that I want. Yeah. He is a way maker in the sense that he is the way. Yes. So if I'm somewhere and I say there is no way forward, it means I've got my eyes turned in the wrong direction. Wow. They're not turned towards the way himself. Yes. There is always a way forward when my eyes are turned upon Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think, Annie, I believed the lie for a long time that um, U-turns meant repentance. It meant turning around. And I had to go the whole long way back. Yeah. Oh, no. Our way-making God, he comes the whole way to us. The only turn you have to make is just to turn your eyes. It's it's wow. that small a turn that we have to make. We don't have to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. And okay, now I'm going to get my spiritual disciplines in order. And now I'm going to do all these. It's right. not about us doing. The way maker comes the whole way. All you have to do is where am I turning my eyes every day? Yes. Where am I turning my eyes? Is it to a screen? Is it to some comfort out there? Or am I turning my eyes to the one who says he is love himself? Yes. Am I turning my eyes towards the one who is always, always, always for me. So what does that look like? That means dragging my weary, sorry self who is exhausted and beat down to a pulp with all kinds of bruises from a broken world. And I'm going to open my head, open my eyes every day, open the word, lay my weary head on his word and listen to the pulse of Jesus for me in his word. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make that if I do nothing else in the day. I'm going to make sure I start right there. Stay in his word till you have a fresh revelation of his heart for you. Don't leave to you. So you write that revelation down. This is, God revealed him. So I had a a real encounter with the living God today, a fresh revelation of who he is in his word. And I'm going to write that down today. So you don't go forward till you have that fresh revelation. Then for me, the stillness, the attentiveness, the cruciformity, Lord, what am I holding on to so tightly that you're actually asking? We talked about me going to Shiloh. Yeah. And that's where Hannah prayed for this child, prayed for that child so much that she looked like she was actually drunk. She was yes. begging. Comfort. And then what does Hannah do? Hannah gives the dream back to God. Mm-hmm. Anna, Anna says, God, I wanted this child, but I now give the child back to you because I don't want anything to come in the way between me and you. Do I have that kind of relationship with God that I don't want anything that I want to come in the way between me and him? And at Shiloh, um, our our messianic guide, Arie, told us how the word korban, for 300 and some years, the people of Israel had come to Shiloh with their sacrifices, their korban, but the korban in Hebrew doesn't mean to give up, to lose something. It actually means to come nearer, yeah. to draw. So the things that we want, the thing we want God to make a way through to, 
Am I willing to also make it like Hannah, my Corban, the thing I'm willing to also lay down so nothing gets in the way between me and him. Yes. And that Corban will actually not be a sacrifice in a way that takes that I lose something, but that I actually gain. I yes. come nearer, I draw nearer to God. I have deeper intimacy with God. So the stillness, the attentiveness, the cruciformity, Lord, what do I want that you're asking me to live like a posture of Jesus? I'll lay it down, Lord, and into your hands I will commit this. I'm not going to leave to have a fresh revelation from you today. I'm going to examine my heart and see what am I afraid of? What's run what's pushing me forward? What's motivating me yeah. and driving? Yeah. I'm afraid of something, Lord. Yeah. That's what 360 times in scripture. Do not be afraid. <laughs> There's something I'm afraid of. I need yes. to confess. Yes. And then doxology. What am I grateful for? There's always something, something, something to be thankful for. And if there's something to be thankful for, Thanksgiving is our gateway into his presence, into joy itself. So if there's always something to be grateful for, joy is always possible, even right here. Yes. You don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but I'll tell you mine if you tell me yours about what you read this morning. Did something jump out to you in your scripture time this morning? Actually, oh, actually there was, but actually I've got my propped on my Bible. <laughs> uh, and I actually wrote it down in my journal, which is sitting right here. I'm going to, I underlined it this morning. I, I'm working my way through Kings, Annie. Go back here. Oh, so, oh. Um, even then though, Jehu wasn't careful, wasn't careful to walk in God's ways. Wow. And honor the God of Israel from an undivided heart. Wow. And I wrote it down. That, oh, am I being careful? I want God to make a way through, but am I being careful to walk yes. in God's ways? Yes. And yes. I want God to, to divide my seas, part my waters, divide my seas and make a way through. But do I have an undivided heart for him, Annie? Yeah. So, yeah. I, I believe he's a God. He's a God who's the word. Yes. which means he's a God who he communicates. He's a communicative God, Jonathan Edwards says. So do I sit with his word long enough till I hear him speak a word to me? Yes. I am looping the Proverbs every month and I'm a little mm. bit behind. So I'm in Proverbs There's three. No There's, There's no, no behind. behind. I'll no get there by the way. end of the There's month. No but, you know, everybody talks about Proverbs three, five, and six. Trust the Lord with all your heart, right? But all of a sudden mm-hmm. I found, and this has been, this is what's interesting. I did this with the gospels a couple of years ago where I read my Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John every month. Yes, yes, yes. I thought that was amazing, it's a, Annie. It's wild because every single month you see something that you didn't see the month before. And you're like, did I, was I asleep on that day? Totally. It's, but it's I mean, the there's little, times I'm reading through yes. Old Testament. I'm like, how, I've read this book how many times? I, why do I not know this story yes, was here? Yes, And Proverbs 3, 7, and 8, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil, and this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. I was like, oh, everything that happens in my body is in direct relation to what happens spiritually in my life, too. And when I went and looked it up, I went to Blue Letter Bible and looked up the health for your body, and it's talking about the center. The actual Hebrew word means your core. Like, it'll bring health to the core of who you are. And I was like... Okay, Lord. I mean, so then I did what you did. I, I copied it in my journal. I copied it in two versions. I wrote down, and then I went, I went sacred on it of like, what does that mean, God? And what do yes. I do with that? What if you're that a way maker, if what does it mean to you? If I really want to be you? set apart for yes. you, a sacred set apart relationship with you, I'm just going to lay this all out before yes. you. I mean, I wrote this morning. So I have a, a big journal. 
my little red one (laughs) right here. So I have my sacred journal here that I write in every day, but then I also take my, my revelation. It's a teeny tiny little journal that only, the only like space for one revelation. There it is. Yes. And I had written down, actually went back this morning to read through some previous ones. When we fear the Lord, there is nothing else to fear. Wow. From yours right there in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord. Read it to us again. We'll bring help. Is that how it says it? Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. So three things. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, shun evil. And this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. I mean, how do we think we need, we want a way forward, but if we don't get a fresh revelation and a word from God every morning, we don't, he is speaking to us. Right. Even when you don't feel like it, sitting down. I mean, that's what I said to the Lord after this weekend is I thought the reason you had me stay in my disciplines all week was so that on Saturday and Friday, when I listened to Anne, I could hear her. (laughs) And so even though I didn't feel connected and I didn't do it every day. I mean, you know me. I'm not saying like, do it like this. But I still gave energy knowing I didn't feel like it. Yes. And then you, Anne, showed up on Saturday and read me a book that changed my life. And I thought, oh, that's what the Lord does is he says, stay with me. Stay with me and let your muscles get stronger as that's you pray. Right. That's right. That's right. Stay in the way. Keep staying in the way. Yeah. Even when you don't feel like it. And the way himself will carry you yes. through. He will carry you through. Yeah. And even emotion, emotion, those feelings, sometimes our emotions, the movement of them, don't, yes. don't, we don't want to, they don't move us directly towards right. God. But right. if we say, you know what, I'm going to take all of these emotions and I'm going to let them move myself in this direction towards the Lord, mm-hmm. eventually we have an encounter with God that changes everything. Yes. So I think. Even when you don't feel the emotions, okay, motion, movement, where am I going to go with this? I'm still going to go. I'm still going to turn towards Jesus himself, the way through himself. Yes. And I wish we could talk. I have like 1,000, I have 1,000 questions to go with your 1,000 gifts after I read (laughs) Waymaker. But I'll tell you the next episode we're going to have you on is when we do a whole episode about sex, because you really wrote about it, my friend. (laughs) And Voskamp talking about sex is more than I ever Dreamed I would get. And I just would like to thank you. I just want you to know that if you didn't think God had a sense of humor and boss camp writing about any, I can't even say the word. I'm just going to say anything like that. Yeah. You start the book and you end the book with sex, Anne. But you know what? Ultimately, I really do believe God uses this metaphor all through scripture. God uses the metaphor of idolatry and adultery. He wants, he, that is it. So if we have, if the idols in our lives, God sees that as adultery against him. Wow. God says he wants to know us. He uses the word yada, which means the kind of intimacy we have with physical intimacy. There, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> I should have waited and just let you handle it. <laughs> oh, but, but it's, I, it's not because so there, seeing as I can't even say anything around this, this actually means I don't want to write about it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do a whole Q&A episode on sex with Ann Voskamp. She'll be back. <laughs> I'm only writing about it out of obedience that this is who God says. I want yeah. you to know me this intimately. Yes. That we, I mean, well, I'll just say this. Culture is driven. Yes. Around so much around sex. 
Because really what we're looking for is intimacy. We are desperately looking for knownness. And God is saying, wait a second. I want you to know me like this. Mm -hmm. I want you to have this kind of intimacy with me. Stop looking for sex in all of these places. What you really want is knownness. Yes. And I want you to know me like this because I know you like this. Yes. So I'm, I'm writing about these things because regardless of whether our story is divorce, whether our story is feeling abandoned in a marriage, whether our story is singleness, we are made to be intimately known by a God who says, I want to know you yes. like this. Yes. So that's why Boss Camp wrote about that. <laughs> So proud of you. I was so proud when you started there. I was like, wow. And then when you ended there, I was like, my girl, let's go. Bring it back around. I mean, ultimately, theologically, we are moving towards consummation of all eternity with the maker, the lover of our souls himself. That is where, regardless of our stories here, that is where we are all headed. Yes. So it didn't, and I felt like, oh, do you write about? I mean, I land in Revelation. Yeah. I land, but the, the, the marriage supper, God yes. means to wed himself to us. Love himself is wooing us because he wants that kind of bonded connection with us. Then we end up at the marriage supper of the lamb. We end up wedded to Christ himself. Yes. So where else can I land, Anna? Yeah. Yeah, that's that. where that's where the best book in the world lands. Yes. Where else? So what that you had to do with my maker. Okay, and the last question we always ask, besides current topic, it, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. <laughs> oh, oh, that's really easy right now. Almost on the hour. Yeah. From about 6 a.m. to about 11 or 12. I've been going out. I've got two brand new baby lambs They're out there. They're so cute. I am smitten. And were y'all Annie. surprised? Oh, well, they were five days early. Oh, so wow. We were, oh, yeah, we were t- not ready in any capacity to walk out and see two baby lambs. Actually, um, Mr. Lindsay, who was my neighbor as a kid growing up, he works with us here. And he stopped in to just check out the sheep and he came to the shed and told Daryl, hey, when, were the, when was the lamb born? And Daryl's like, what lamb? <laughs> and then by the time we got there, there were two. So we oh were totally gosh. shocked. And we'd, we'd never lambed anything before. We've done, done Daryl's done, I don't know how many calves in his life growing up. And then we've done like thousands and thousands and thousands of baby piglets yes. and, and puppies, but we had never done sheep. And we were just really, and you know what? Oh, Annie, the spiritual metaphors around sheep and, and not, not, not being smart enough to know how to nurse or feed or where to look for sustenance. You're like, oh, this is why God calls us sheep. You're like, I see myself in these babies. Totally. (laughs) I don't know where to turn. So a lot of bottle feeding to try to end to get them to nourish, be nourished on the right thing, as opposed to like Anyways, it's been, that for me has been super fun. So, well, I thank you for sharing them with us, but I should have taken up cross stitch because lambs can die. Listen, I will bring you into, I'll bring you into the cross stitch fold with pleasure. I'll you bring us all into the sheep fold, Annie, but bring (laughs) me into the cross stitch fold. Actually, actually, you know what? I think we're going to see each other next week. Yes, we do see each other very soon. But maybe, maybe you could get me onto some cross stitch. I'm going to bring you, there's a really small cross stitch that is a, like a, yes, it's very small. It's like a entry level cross stitch pattern. I'm bringing it to you. I'll bring it to you next week. (laughs) Thank you for doing this. I love you so much. I'm so thankful for your work, but also just if Ann Voskamp never wrote a book again, I'm just glad you exist. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
I love you, Annie. Downs to the moon and back and around a hog's hind leg forever and ever and I believe ever. You. I believe you. I believe you. Um, I feel the same. Oh, friends, don't you love Anne? My gracious. Oh, she's just the best. Be sure to grab your copy of Waymaker. Either get the book or the audio book. Listen, the audio book moved me to tears. I told you, you heard it. Moved me to tears. Make sure you grab a copy of Waymaker. Follow Anne on social media. Tell her thanks so much for being on the show and the way she poured her heart out, not only in this book, but in teaching us about prayer and the sacred rhythm. The S-A-C-R-E-D is incredible. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I will do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me is going to a concert tonight. Oh, the gift of Nashville. I get to go to a show tonight. I cannot wait. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here on Thursday, continuing our prayer series with my friend, Beth Redman. And just maybe we have a little surprise to send your way on Wednesday too. See you guys then.